This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. As always, I want to thank uh, Rabbi Shabtai for uh, allowing me to, to be privileged to be part of the Men's Kolel. And um, somebody told me that they were listening to the Shir last week, and I unfortunately accidentally forgot about the Minhag. And the Minhag, of course, is that I can't start any of the Men's Kolel Shiurim without asking for a shush from my Shver. So Shver, are we ready? Oh, you're putting the thumbs up. Okay. Um... We are going to learn together a phenomenal piece, uh, one that I think uh, we need to be reminded of on a regular basis. It's on page Pei Aleph in the Nesiva Shalom, by the Salon of Rebbe, in Parshas Achremos. We know this week is Parshas Achremos and Kedoshim. And the Torah tells us, You are to observe, you are to keep the chukim, you are to keep the mishpatim, the mitzvos, that we don't understand the mitzvahs, that we do understand. Asher Yasim, we have to do them. Ha'adam, a man, v'chaybahem, and you have to live. And everybody tries to explain what is the connection. What exactly is the Torah telling us when it tells us that we are to observe the chupkim and we are to observe the mishpatim and that a man has to do everything with the conclusion of v'chaybahem, you are to live. So we know that the Gemara in Yuma, and that's how this piece opens up, Chazal Darshu, the Gemara in Yuma, and Daf Beis tells us, V'chai bahem, bahem. You should live in order to be able to perform the mitzvot, and you shouldn't die. And from there we derive a very famous Halacha Lamaisa rule, Mikan Shepikuach Nefesh Doches Kiyum HaMitzvot. We learn from here that any time you have a situation, almost any time I should say, in which you have a situation in which you are confronted with saving a life or observing an, a mitzvah or violating an avera, pikuach nefesh is going to be doche, is going to push away the lack of or opportunity to either perform a mitzvah or not to do an avera. We can be mechal Shabbos, so to speak, in order to save a life. We have the opportunity to be able to uh, do whatever it is we need to do in order to save a life. Of course, there are some exceptions to that rule. We know that the big three, Giloy Arayos, Shvichas Domim, and Avodah Zarah, illicit relationships recorded in the Torah, Parshas Kedoshim, and Avodah Zarah, and murder, all three of those things will trump one's uh, opportunity to, uh, to, to, to die or not to die as opposed to violate. There you have to violate the Avera. You can't, uh, you can't violate the Avera at the expense of a person's life. A person has to die for that. But with those very few exceptions and perhaps one other category in which if you were doing a, an Avera Bifarhesia, if you were doing a, uh, something, a transgression in public where it would create a Chilol Hashem, that too would be a situation in which Pikuach Nefesh would not push away the violation of an Avera or the performance of a mitzvah. But under normal circumstances, we're always going to say that Pikuach Nefesh saving a life is always going to trump, is always going to take the cake, is always going to push away uh, the lack of a performance of a mitzvah or the violation of an Aveir. We learned that out from this Pasuk. V'chaiben, you are to live so that you can perform the mitzvahs. V'lo and you shouldn't go ahead and die so that you no longer have an opportunity to continue to perform the, the mitzvahs. I remember a fantastic story of the Chazunish, in which the Chazunish, when he was later on in life, so he had to eat on Yom Kippur. 
and his eight o'clock, his grandchildren who uh, saw him eating on Yom Kippur or saw him, uh, you know, being rushed to the hospital, wherever the story may go, and they realized that he had to eat on Yom Kippur. So they said to him, Zayda, we feel so bad for you. They have to do the Avera of eating on Yom Kippur. To which apparently the Chazanish responded, what do you mean? For me, it's a mitzvah to eat on Yom Kippur. It's Simchas Yantif. Because for the Chazanish, if he's in a situation of danger, so mutav v'chai bohem v'loshi yamas bohem, better a person should live so that they can continue to perform the mitzvos, then die and lose out on the opportunity to perform mitzvos. And that's the most classic, most traditional way of learning out from this pasuk what v'chai bohem is meant to is meant to be understood. However, if you take a look at some of our classical commentaries, as the Nesiva Shalom will quote, you will notice that others do no do not go in that same direction. The umkulos targem v'chai bohem. What does v'chai bohem mean? So he says, Lechaye alma. You know what it means, v'chaybem? You are to do the mitzvahs in order to earn your olam haba. And similarly, take a look at Rashi. V'chein perish Rashi, v'chaybahem li olam haba. Rashi goes within the camp of the unkelos, in which he says, what does v'chaybahem mean? Chaybahem means that you should understand that the Torah is your lifeline. The Torah is the way in which you will ultimately earn your Olam Haba. So you go back to the Pasuk and you read, I observe the Chukim, and you will know that as a result of observing these mitzvos, that will be your lifeline. That will serve as your conduit to ultimately earn a place in the world to come. What's motivating Rashi to make such a suggestion? Because he says, Shim Tomer bi Olam Hazeh, Valo Sofa Humeis, by virtue of the fact that you are to live, it seems to indicate with eternity, nitzchi, in a way that doesn't just abruptly end. And Rashi therefore says, can't mean that the mitzvahs are there and therefore you are to continue to live in this world and therefore it's doke, you know, doche, Pikach Nefesh is Dolch the Mitzvos because Vachaybem seems to be eternity. And we know that everybody, unfortunately, unless Mashiach comes, we have Tchias Amesim, everybody's going to die. So Vachaybem, without any limitation, can't be referring to Olam Hazeh, where you're going to perform the Mitzvos. Vachaybem must mean do the Mitzvos in this world so that you can earn that eternity in the next world. Those are the two interpretations that are most common of how to understand what Vachaybem means. Says the Nesiva Shalom, I've got a problem. I've got two problems. If you hear both of these commentaries, these interpretations, they don't complement each other, they contradict each other. Based on the Gemara and Yuma that we initially quoted, that Vachayabem is referring to this world, that this is the only world that we have an opportunity to do our mitzvahs, as the Mesila Shasharim says, that in his first, uh, in his Hakdam and in his first parak, that this is the world that's a prose door. This is the world where we earn and do all of our mitzvahs. And the next door is where we enjoy it. So on the one hand, you're telling me that this is the world and we have to focus on this world. And yet Rashi and the Targum Unklus don't seem to be focusing on the fulfillment of the mitzvahs. They seem to be focusing on the reward for the mitzvahs. They are so and they seem to be contradicting each other. And not only that, says the Nesiva Shalom, I have another question against the Targum. We know that it says it in the beginning of the Pras. We are to be a servant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu without an expectation to receive any reward. That is our mantra. That is our modus operandi. That is our objective. If we happen to get reward, it's great. 
but that certainly isn't what's supposed to serve as our motivation behind, behind why we do the mitzvos. And yet, what did the Targum say? V'chaibam, keep your eye on the ball, look at Olam Haba for the schar. What do you mean? Why does the Torah go out of its way, Beferish explicitly, to make such a suggestion that you want to know why to do the mitzvos? Do the mitzvos because you're going to get schar. So the Mesiva Shalom has two questions that we need to answer. Question number one is, why do we have two commentaries? How are we meant to understand these two interpretations of Chaibem that seem to be directly contradicting one another? You have the Ma'amar Chazal and the Gemara and Yuma that says, V'chaibem Veloshe Yomus Bam, and it's focused on Kiyom HaMitzvos in this world. You have Rashi and the Targum Unkelus that seem to also make a lot of sense, very legitimate positions, in which it seems to say, what do you mean V'chaibem seems to be eternal? There's no limit to that, and we're all going to die. So how can V'chaibem referring to this world in terms of Kiyom HaMitzvos, the fulfillment of the Mitzvos? It should be referring to the, to the next world in which there's eternity, there's Nitzchi, there's an opportunity to derive the benefit for all the Mitzvos that we have. That's question number one. And question number two is, what's the Targum talking about? We have an explicit Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, in which the Mishnah tells us outright that we aren't ever supposed to be doing the mitzvos with our eye on getting a reward. We're supposed to be doing the mitzvos because that's going to help us strengthen our relationship and deepen our relationship with Hashem. Why all of a sudden now the Torah, at least the way the Targum is interpreting, why all of a sudden is the Torah bringing to light, putting on our radar, our reward for doing mitzvos in Olam Haba, which that's not something that we're supposed to be focusing on. So the Nesiva Shalom, is going to highlight two sides of this coin, and um, and I want to share both of them with you because I think they're critical, and I think that as we continue to get older in our frumkite, in our observance of mitzvos, we often lose focus on this very important element of our avodas Hashem, our service of Hashem. And here we go, second paragraph, page pay base. V'yesh lomar. The be'emes shnei perushim elu ve'elu divrei elokim chayim. Says the Nesiva Shalom, they couldn't be more complementary to one another. We thought they were contradictory. Says the Nesiva Shalom, I couldn't find something that's more complementary. Why? So let's analyze both sides. actually includes both of these things. To start off the conversation, to begin what means. Number one, the Torah tells us, they gotta do the mitzvahs in this world. But as the Nesiva Shalom is alluding to, and the Katzka Rebbe makes a comment about this, and the Chidush Arim, many of the Hasidish Shasfarim all seem to point in this direction. It's not enough to simply perform the mitzvahs in this world, but you have to do it with chiyos. You have to do it with energy, with, uh, with alacrity. You got to do with every part of your soul, every part of your guf. You got to be able to put it all in. It's not about being robotic. It's not about just going through the motions. It's not just doing, I put on tefillin yesterday, so I put on tefillin today. Every mitzvah, with every prat and every detail and every duktuk and every single element and every uh, opportunity that we have to fine-tune the performance of that mitzvah has to be done with hislavus. It has to be done with enthusiasm. It's not enough to do the mitzvahs in this world and just check another box off, but we've got to do them hislavus. As we know, the Pasuk says, our, our bones have to scream out. To Hashem, no, there's no one like you. It's not that we're just going through the emotions and we're robotic, but that we really have to feel it. That's the chai behem in this world. That we need to do the mitzvahs with chios. We need to focus on performing the mitzvahs, not just to make sure that we can check off every box 
with the technical performance, but that we have to feel it. It has to become part and parcel of who we are and help us deepen that relationship with Hashem. But V'chaibem doesn't st- stop with the performance of mitzvahs in this world with that enthusiasm, with that energy. It has to be taken to the next level. What is that next level? So says the Nesiva Shalom, this is unbelievable. Listen to the one Nesiva Shalom says. In the next paragraph, he says the following. Says the Nesiva Shalom, the Chaibem doesn't only impact, shouldn't only serve as an imperative of how we conduct ourselves in the performance of mitzvahs in this world, but it's going to have an incredible impact on the benefit we derive in the next world. What does he mean? So he quotes the Harav HaKadosh Mikarlin, Sheshama who once heard, Ki that was once denounced in Shamayim, and we've seen this in other places before, that a Jew who fulfills every mitzvah of the Torah and is a Shomer Shabbos Jew, and with every single minutia, every single element, he fulfills and he observes Shabbos. He doesn't violate any of the Lama Tesmelachos. He does every one of those mitzvahs, those positive commandments of Adlachos, Ner Shabbos and Kiddush, etc. Absolutely, perfectly Bishlemus. But he doesn't feel the Oneg of Shabbos. He doesn't feel the heart of Shabbos. He doesn't feel the Neshama of Shabbos. Listen to what's going to happen. It's very scary. Harei, Kasher Yale, the Olam Ha'elyon, after 120 years, a person's going to go up to Shemayim, He's certainly going to earn his chilek, his portion in the world to come for observing Shabbos. He's going to be like a bench in an animate object resting on the ground like a bench in Gan Eden. If he doesn't do the mitzvahs in this world with enthusiasm, with energy, with passion, then when he goes to Shemaim and he goes to Gan Eden, he will get a place in the world to come. But he's going to have that same lack of energy in the world to come as well. He's going to sit there and be like a bench, an inanimate object that has no feeling, that can't derive the benefit of the Shekhinah's presence in the world to come. The town of the enjoyment of Gan Eden, the enjoyment, the spiritual enjoyment that a person derives, that a righteous individual derives from when he's in the Olam HaEmes, when he's in the world to come, stems from It all stems from how did we perform the mitzvot in this world? Did we perform those mitzvot by just checking boxes off? Because that's what our Olam Haba is going to look like. We'll have a place in the world to come, but it's not going to be terribly exciting because there's going to be a lack of energy. Or did we go ahead and perform the mitzvahs with all of our kishkas? Did we go and fulfill the mitzvahs as if it was all important to us? As if it was the primary focus in our lives? Because whatever we do in this world when we fulfill the mitzvahs, that's how we're going to experience Olam Haba in the next world. And he goes on to say, very scary. The fire of Gehenim is created, stems from, comes from, is rooted from, the desire, the fire burning desire within us when we want to do an Avera. And on the flip side, Right? And if you go ahead and you have real enjoyment, you derive a Geshmak, 
out of the fact that you're doing a mitzvah in this world, then guess what? You're going to go up to Shemaim after 120 years, and you're going to get a tremendous geshmak in the next world. It's going to go one to the other. Says the Nesiva Shalom, V'chai bam, according to the Gemara in Yuma, which talks about the fulfillment of mitzvahs in this world, and V'chai bam, according to the Targum Unculus in Rashi, which talks about Olam Abba, don't contradict each other. They complement each other. What they are all telling us is, if you want to know, ultimately, how this Avodas Hashem thing is going to work, you need to understand. The way you do mitzvahs in this world is v'chai bahem. You have to have chiyos. You have to have energy. You have to have alacrity. You have to have passion. You have to have enthusiasm. You have to have hislavos. you got to be all in. Go big or go home. And if you do that, then what's going to result? in Olam Haba. You're going to derive the commensurate uh, benefit of the Shekhinah, the Shekhinah's presence, by demonstrating that energy in this world. You have the energy in this world. You have the passion in this world. The Ta'anug, the enjoyment you're going to have in the next world, is going to correlate to that. These are not contradictory, but rather they are complementary. I. what about the question that the Targum Unkelos said about the Sechar in the next world? Why does he feel it's the Torah needed to ha- share with us that goal when we know that the Mishnah in Pirkeiovos tells us that you're not supposed to focus on it? So you've looked to the left-hand side, second paragraph, he tells us, it's not that we're focusing on the reward, it's that the reality on the ground is... If I do my mitzvot, if I fulfill the commandments with energy and enthusiasm, so the automatic natural result's going to be, I'm going to have a place in the world to come. It's not that the Torah is putting this prominent value on the reward of Olam Haba. It's telling you a reality. The reality is, focus on the mitzvot in this world with chiyos, with energy, with passion, and an automatic result is going to be that you're going to get that reward, and you should know about that. I once saw, saw a beautiful insight of the Metsudas David. The Metsudas David on the Pasuk in describing Devorah, one of the judges, towards the beginning of Sefer Shoftim. So Devorah is described as Aishas Lapidos, the wife of torches. So most people, many of the commentaries say Lapidos was her husband. Others say that she prepared the wicks. But one commentary, the Metsudas David says, you know what Aish Lapidos means? It's describing who she was. She was a woman of fire. She was a woman of passion. She was a woman who demonstrated what energy, enthusiasm, hislavus is when it comes to Shmiras HaMitzvot. That's who we have to be. If we want to transmit the traditions of our heritage, if we want to inject within our children and our grandchildren the value of Yiddishkeit, of observance of mitzvot, if we want them to be excited, and yet we're going to uh, uh, conduct ourselves in a very apathetic checkbox fill-in, checkbox chavrusa, checkbox shotness, and that's all we do, so our kids are going to see that. They're going to see that we're just a checkbox type of Jew. But if we observe, if we conduct ourselves in terms of the performance of mitzvot with the v'chaibahem, where we understand that we have to have chiyos, where we understand that we have to have passion and energy, and as a result, not only will our children be able to learn from that, see the excitement on our faces as we perform mitzvot day in and day out, they will ultimately replicate it. They will ultimately imitate it, and they will ultimately want to become just like you. And of course, the added bonus, as Rashi and the Tagum tell us, based on this interpretation, is that as a result of having that chiyus, as a result of having that excitement, as a result of having that passion, that after 120 years, you've earned an amazing place in the world to come that won't be like a sasa munach, al-gabi, al-karka, shal-ganedin. You won't be like an inanimate object, a bench, that will simply 
sit there on the ground, not being able to feel the energy, but you will be dancing in the world to come with the Rebona Shalom. You will be able to receive that reward commensurate to the manner in which you perform the mitzvot in this world. Have a wonderful day.